You're listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your host, Justina McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we're going to talk about what it looks like and means to co-parent your pup with someone else. Whether it be a friend, roommate, partner, or parent, we will discuss some common challenges and ideas to work together. I'm walking sleepless, pushing through the storm ahead. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your host, Justine and Mackenzie. And today we are talking about co-parenting your dog. Yes. And this means, again, not necessarily with a partner. This can be with anybody, a roommate, um, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your whoever. Um, But (laughs) taking care of a dog with another human. Yeah. Um, so we just wanted to go through some things about co-parenting, um, through experience. And we reached out to our Instagram family, um, asking for, you know, experiences that other people have experienced. So we'll be hearing that later on, but yeah. And a huge, sorry, Ken's going to cut you off for a second. A huge thank you to all of the people that uh, submitted their experiences and shared their stories with us on um, Instagram. I think it definitely um, makes these podcasts a little more rich when we can share experience um, outside our own. So yeah, diving right in. Co-parenting a dog actually starts before you get a dog. Yes, it does. So Kenz, what do you think this looks like? So you and your partner, you're you're talking about getting a dog, you're thinking about getting a dog. What sort of conversations should you be having, um, you know, before you take the leap or make a decision? So I feel what's really important is to discuss things like, what size of dog do you want? Mm-hmm. Do you want a dog that will, you know, sleep on the bed with you? So talk about boundaries. Do you want a dog that will be able to snuggle up on the couch? Or is the dog not allowed on the couch? Is the dog Mm -hmm. going to be crate trained? What mode of training do you want to use? I.e., you know, positive reinforcement versus the balance trainer. Um, Do you want to use tools? Are you comfortable using a muzzle or prong collar versus softer training methods, um, who will be involved in training? Will it be a team effort? Will it be one person owns it, one person sits back? Or what about walks? Justine, you walk Marshall all the time, and that's something something you wanted to do. So it's like things like this. Yeah. So many things to think about as a team. Like, I mean, cannot make the comparison to having children because that's just a whole other level of parenting and commitment. 
Um, but it's still, I mean, equally as serious and you're, you're bringing a, um, you know, an animal that you have to care for into your life. There's a financial responsibility. Um, your, your life, you know, like your lifestyle is going to change to some degree when you bring a dog into your life and you kind of need to be prepared to be on the same page with your partner, your co-parent, your kids, whoever that is, um, when you kind of embark on this adventure together. So Ken, you highlighted a lot of really great kind of questions you should maybe ask yourself and ask your partner. Um, but you also mentioned like choosing like breed. And the other big thing is like, do you want to rescue or do you want to adopt a dog? And I, I like me being someone who's always wanted to rescue a dog. I think if my partner had wanted to go through a breeder, I, that would have been something we probably would have not seen eye to eye with, and we maybe wouldn't have even have gotten a dog because we may not have been able to agree. Definitely. And I think this one is huge because, yeah, if you are somebody who is, um, you know, always wanted a specific type of dog, so i.e. you've always wanted a Doberman, and a mm-hmm. Doberman is the only dog you wanted. Yes, there are Doberman rescues out there. Um, they're not as common to come into rescue, but you know, if, if, yeah, if you were somebody dead set on getting a Doberman and the Doberman was not available and there was a reputable ethical breeder who was producing well, safely Doberman puppies. Yeah. It's, it's totally, I understand that. That's a really big conversation to understand or to get behind right away. For me, I always wanted, I did always want a purebred. So I always wanted a dog that I could know what to expect, I guess, to say mm-hmm. the least. I knew exactly what size it would be, the temperament, um, you know, how much grooming was involved, the, the genetic um, makeup, of the, like what genetic problems is this dog prone to, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes you don't get that with the rescue. So yeah, Justine and I come from totally different um, backgrounds as far as what type of dog we were looking for. And thankfully we both with our partners um, decided <laughs> together and we agreed together and yeah. hence we have the dogs we have. Um, yeah. But that is a big thing. So yeah, I can't imagine thinking like if my husband wanted a big dog, um, of course I'd be all for it because I love all dogs. I really don't care. But <laughs> if if he was like, no, I really want a Napoleon Mastiff, which is literally the biggest, drooliest <laughs> dog you could think of, or like a yeah. St. Bernard, I'd be like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think people also bring like a bit of like emotional baggage when it comes to choosing a dog. Cause depending on if you, you know, if you grew up with a dog in your family, or if you grew up with several dogs in your family, you might be like super emotionally tied to the idea of having, you know, one breed. Maybe you grew up with golden retrievers your whole life. So it's not negotiable for you. Like you want and need a golden retriever. I know that like I grew up with Springer Spaniels. So I get like so nostalgic and sentimental whenever I see Springer Spaniels. And if there had been one when I was looking, I would have scooped it. But that definitely would not be my partner's first choice of of dog. But they're the best and I love them. So We all have those breeds or those dogs that just remind us of of home. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what this really comes down to is that sometimes you won't 
always agree on stuff. So yeah, you definitely won't always agree with your partner when making decisions about your dog, but finding a way to at least find some common ground and some level of compromise, um, is so important before you even get a dog, because as soon as you get a dog, you know, you have more responsibilities, you have less free time. Um, there might be financial strain. Like there's just so many other stressors related to having a dog. So making sure that you've got that all planned out and agreed upon in advance is going to set you up for success when you, um, bring your dog into the home. So yeah, I feel like just to, to finish this off here, like even, even things like what to feed your dog, I feel like before you bring your dog home, it should be decided. Are you going to feed a kibble? Are you going to feed a raw diet? I was Mm -hmm. pro raw. I'm always going to be pro raw. I will never feed my dogs anything else. And Jason, my husband, sorry, I'm calling him out. He was like, gross. I do not want to feed my dog raw food. That is disgusting. And a lot of people think that like they think, you know, dogs should not be eating raw, but they should, in my opinion. And the dogs are so healthy because of it. And that was a decision that we ended up making together. I, of course, pushed for it, but then um, it was decided. Same with like vet care. Uh, That's Uh, another one uh, that just wasn't mentioned. Vet care, you know, I... I think all of us are, we want to take the best care as possible for our, our dogs, our animals. And yeah. I will always go to the vet um, if I worry that something is wrong and I'm not alone in that. I know I've been to the emergency vet a few times just mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh my goodness, like what's going on? So those are things that we, again, agreed, agreed upon together. Like if something goes wrong, we're going to the vet, period. Yeah, so we are going to, in the next segment, a little bit later, talk about, you know, what actually happens when you do get the dog. So we've given lots of tips for preparation, uh, but we're going to dive into shortly, um, you know, what happens once the dog actually comes into the home. But before we do that, uh, we're going to play a song for you. So this song is called Swim, and it's by a band called Valley. Um, They are, I believe, from Oakville. So semi-local Ontario band, and they're really awesome. I love them. So check it out. My friend, you lost your head again Heart hangs around to my neck I'm a drug test and you're still failing me All you do is take, take and take Black boots and a French heritage She's scaring me with your friends She's 20 now and ahead of it again Well, I'm still afraid, afraid, afraid Do you get afraid, afraid, afraid?
Welcome back to Dog Friendly KW Podcast. Uh, I'm Mackenzie Drinkwater with Justine Sparling, and you just listened to Swim by Valley. I listened to them for a really long time um, and had no idea they were from uh, Oakville. I actually listened to them when I was living in Korea and then somehow realized later that they're from Oakville. And I was like, oh, look at that. Isn't that cool? So we just talked about a few things. We talked about what kind of dog you um, and your partner would discuss getting, you know, and we asked a bunch of questions about what boundaries will be set for having said dog. Mm -hmm. So now you have a dog. Now what? (laughs) So many things. Have a dog. (laughs) So great. So... Yeah, we asked our Instagram followers for any tips or experiences that they've had related to co-parenting their pups, which again, Mm -hmm. like Christine said at the beginning, thank you all for uh, submitting your stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's a couple things that were said to us. So Justine, want to start us off? Yeah, so um, the following things are a bit of like a collective of things that we've experienced or that our um, followers had submitted to us. Um, But one of the biggest things, and we've kind of already alluded to this in the first segment, is just around, you know, establishing rules and boundaries in the household and ensuring you and your partner are on the same page about that, right? And that's always going to be evolving. I think uh, my partner and I reset the like no bed, no couch rule like every other week. And then we let Marshall on the bed. And then a week later, we're like, no bed, no couch. And it's just, it's an ongoing conversation, making sure we're still on the same page. And we're often like giving each other crap for breaking our own rules. Um, But just making sure that you're seeing eye to eye with those pieces and always having conversations about them is going to help you set your dog up for success. I feel like this is a really natural thing that will, um, organic thing that will happen with you and your partner or your Mm co-parent. Um, my husband and I, we decided right from the get-go, we wanted our dogs to sleep in bed with us. (laughs) I know that's crossing out quite a few lines for some people, but there are I wanted, it's more me. I'm the problem. I wanted, I wanted dogs that could sleep in bed and I could snuggle with kind of thing. Um, so that was on me. That was my decision. And my husband was all for it. Um, and as time went on, like we couldn't, when I sleep in bed without my dogs, it's, it's so foreign. It feels very strange to me. So that is just something that we decided together Um, Mackenzie sleeps with her dogs literally between her legs. Yeah. Between her two dogs. That sounds weird, but yes. Um, Yes, the dogs, they do snuggle in between my legs. They're like little heat warmers. That's what the the breed was bred for, to be heat warmers for Italian aristocrats. So they are true to their breed and they do definitely keep me very warm, especially when we camp. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what they were originally used for. Yep, they were used for that. That's why they have little to no hair. It's just like all heat. Anyway. Fun fact. (laughs) I had no idea. That's super cool. So yeah, we decided we wanted dogs to sleep in bed. Yep. Justine and uh, her partner made the decision that dog sleeps in crates. So yeah, dog's home. Now... Another thing that was brought up for from our one of our um, Instagram followers is min- maintaining 
established rules and boundaries uh, and always reevaluating. So I think what was meant by this is kind of what we were just speaking to and Justine actually spoke to it perfectly. You know, yes, we have rules that the dog is not allowed on the couch. Yes, the dog is not allowed on the bed or the dog's not allowed in the kitchen or the dog's yeah. not allowed here, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, things change. You know, the dog matures or the puppy matures. Um, you know, the dog is very good at, you know, staying calm in, or not ripping apart shoes or what have you, you know what, maybe things change. So always reevaluating. Yep. And if you are both on board, then, then try it. If it doesn't work, take a step back, but that's, I think a really important step there. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to combo kind of two of the things here we're going to chat about. So one of our followers mentioned, um, particularly with puppy care, um, taking turns doing night shifts or other dog duties. So feeding and walks to try to, um, kind of split up the work amongst you guys. I mean, you might as well divide and conquer, split it up and be a team, um, and play off of each other's strengths. So that's something that my partner and I've done a lot of um, since getting Marshall. I love going for walks. Um, I went for a lot of walks by myself before I got Marshall. I used to be a runner and then I hurt my hips. So I couldn't run anymore, but I love walking. Um, So having a dog is like the best because I can walk him all the time. Whereas my partner, he will go for walks, but he's not like as enthused as I am. So just naturally I end up doing more of the walks and he ends up doing more of like the play or like the crazy running around with Marshall that like, I don't want to do because he gets crazy and then he like bites my arms. So puppies. So yeah, play on your strengths, right? Like find what, um, you both enjoy doing and do more of that. Um, obviously there's going to be stuff that one of you maybe isn't, or both of you aren't going to enjoy, but do your best to play off your strengths and also carve out time to do things together. So it's great to divide and conquer, but doing things as like a family unit with your dog, I think is really special for your relationship with your dog and can be really nice for your, your family or your relationship. Definitely. Yeah. From, um, I'll just talk from experience. Um, I am a little more hardcore when it comes to like the training and the manners. That was really important to me. My husband, on the other hand, I'm throwing him under the bus. He could care less. He honestly could care less. So that was on me to make sure that I took the time. I did the, you know, puppy training. I went through those steps. Um, and then my husband was just along for the ride. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was really important to me. Yeah. It's time for us to dive into a topic that nobody likes to talk about, but we think it's super important to communicate about with your partner and um, several of our followers actually shared some great experiences that they've had with these situations. So divorce and separation. So you're right. You're co-parenting your dog. And what if your relationship doesn't work out and this happens often? I have had a separation on a formal, formal separation, but I have had to leave a relationship when we co-parented animals and it's stressful. Yep. I Um, feel we're not alone in that. There's, I've experienced the same. Um, and it's, even if you're like, um, 
uh, individual who lives at home with like your parents and then you're moving out on your own for the first time, you know, it's, it's, it's all a learning curve, but definitely mm-hmm. separating from a partner. Yeah, that's tough. So a couple of things that were brought up to us from our um, followers were shared custody. So shared, cu- that sounds so intense, but it's- it does, but it, I've heard of it lots of times. Like I think it, it's more common than you think it is. Um, and a few people reached out saying that they had an experience with shared custody with their dogs. Yep. And th- which I find is, is awesome. If you yep. can come to a, um, if you can come to a middle road with your ex-partner, that is fantastic. So your dog maybe spends a week there, a week here, uh, a weekend, whatever it may be, but you're working together to make sure that your dog is still getting that shared experience with both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, another word that we just have here is communication. So communicating with your uh, ex partner or whomever to make sure that nothing is missed. So that's, I think, important to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And we had somebody bring up the idea of separation agreements. Um, So making sure that if you are doing a separation agreement, um, and this is not legal advice by any stretch of the imagination, (laughs) but make sure your dog is accounted for in your agreement. Because at the end of the day, if your dog has like a health issue or like has like a bunch of vet bills, like ultimately who is responsible for that dog? Um, I think in like a shared custody situation with the dog, it could get pretty murky. Um, so to have something that's, you know, written in writing and is ironclad is not a bad idea. One more thing is we had a listener who had a really unique experience that I actually didn't think of myself. And I, I we're going to just quote this comment Exactly, because it is perfect. So this is moving in with a partner who already has a dog. So you're an individual who has never owned a dog before. You've never raised a dog. You've never lived with a dog. Imagine living in with, like moving in to somebody who has a dog. That could be tough. So I'm just going to quote and take it for what it is. So since Koji was used to listening to my partner, but not me, it was tempting to let my partner do all of the disciplining at, and being in charge of all the dog stuff. However, it wasn't until I really started taking on more dog responsibilities and doing training with Koji that Koji realized he was supposed to obey me too and our relationship improved. Yeah, all about that relationship. That's huge. You know, she took it upon herself to, you know, be involved in Koji's life. And then there you go. That relationship blossomed. So I thought that was a really, really great quote. And now it's time to listen to a song. (laughs) Thanks to Koji's mom for submitting that. Yes, thank you. Um, And Ken's, do you have a song for us? I do. So don't judge me. (laughs) I love this song. It is a happy song and it's called Don't Stop Believing by Jeremy. <laughs> Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going in. Just a city boy Born and raised 
Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. I'm Justine Sparling and I'm here with Mackenzie Drinkwater and you just listened to the cheesiest song on the planet, Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. It's a jam. So um, just to wrap up, so just for fun, we asked our partners what the most challenging part of co-parenting our dogs together was, and here's what they had to say. So, uh, Mackenzie, what did Jason say was the hardest part? So my husband said, quote unquote, there's always a good cop and a bad cop. (laughs) There you go. Who's the bad cop? uh, Me. So he gets all the fun. Yes. That's what he wanted. And I agree to it, but it's funny because the dogs love me more. So who won? (laughs) Me. (laughs) There you go. And I asked my partner, Joey, and he said, don't undermine my authority. (laughs) That's great. Which, which like, it's, it's like, it has, it carries weight. Like it's, we catch ourselves. Um, if like one of us is training Marshall and maybe one of us are struggling, the other will kind of try to step in to like help out. And really what it does is say like, you don't have to listen to her. Listen to me. So we always joke, don't undermine my authority. So don't undermine your partner's authority. Well, there you have it. (laughs) Some common challenges you may experience while co-parenting your dog. We hope you have found some new ways to work together to support your pup. Until next time. Bye. The Dog Friendly KW podcast is written and produced by us, Justine Sparling and Mackenzie Drinkwater, with technical support and audio production from Matthew Rapolt. You can catch the podcast every Saturday at 11 a.m. on midtownradio.ca and make sure to follow us at Dog Friendly KW on Instagram to see all of our many pup dates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you and your puppers around our Dog Friendly KW. One take wonder. Look at that. That was good. Nailed that sounded great. Uh, 
laminate floor. <laughs> Coming in